0: It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.
2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: <laughs> it would be a wolf but I
3: Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Fancast, the first one of 2022, guys. And it started off with a corker. Joining me on today's show, we've got Blake. Hey there. We've got Gully.
2: Evening, guys.
3: And we've got Kim. Hi, guys. Firstly, how are we all feeling? New year, new me? Are we all feeling good? You know, up and positive for the new year, um, I'm guessing. We'll, we'll start with Kim. How are you feeling today, out of curiosity?
0: Uh, oh, God. I'm feeling the most energetic I've ever felt in my life today.
3: Good to know. Good to know. I'll that. leave,
0: I'll leave on there. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> um, well, guys, let's just get cracking straight into a game. Um, for anyone who's been living under a rock for the last 24 hours and has decided to come to Wolves Sandcast before looking anywhere else – Wolves won for the first time since 1980 at Old Trafford, beating Manu 1 0. I mean, it, it was the stuff of, I was going to say, the stuff of legends, it felt like, guys. Um, if we go back to a lineup, we, we've, of course, missed the last couple of games because of um, COVID postponements, but <clears throat> the team was pretty much as to be expected, would you say, Gully?
4: Yeah, to a certain extent. I I think the first thing to say from my perspective was I was just buzzing for us to have a game on it. It's been pretty shit having our games called off over Christmas um, for many reasons. But, you know, it's just that period just isn't the same without football. Um, And I'm I'm not ready to listen to anybody who feels differently. Um, So Christmas is football. Football is Christmas. That's just I think I
3: could have. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I reckon I could have coped with losing one game, but losing two was tough. Yeah, I, I needed honestly. something. I, I I did, I did miss that. And even I guess on the Monday morning, you know, or pretty much all day, to be honest, like just being on Twitter and being on, you know, catching up with people about the game. Well,
4: proper the Arsenal game. You feel it, yeah. The Arsenal game was my dad's birthday, and it was the day out, and that was it. Yeah. Like that's your birthday present, mate deal with it happy mm. days so then we had to make all t- alternative plans didn't we so that fucked everything up um but just the the buzz of the team being announced you know you feel like you've been out of it for like months almost but it's only been a couple of weeks hasn't it and um the fact there was man united's first game of the year it was it was i've never been so excited to watch a game set at home i don't think yeah um so it's so My
0: whole Christmas was centered around these two games. Like, I was like, okay, Boxing Day, it's a bit annoying, tradition, but at least we've got United and Arsenal. And then when we didn't have Arsenal, I was absolutely good. So I think, yeah, that's where my overexcitement came from yesterday. I think.
2: Don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Kim. Is that what you're putting it you down to, Kim?
3: Yeah.
0: It's overexcitement, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And of course, I had COVID for the two games prior. <laughs> So you I got uh, lucky, so almost. So Blake, well, like, almost, Blake <laughs> almost. Test. So, but I missed four games, really. So that was just crushing me. So, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant to have this be the one that I came back for.
3: Yeah, it, feel, it felt it felt from a Wolves perspective, anyway. Just for stars aligned for us to say, like, yeah, all day, just felt like there was just that like right positivity. And yeah, Um, you know, we'll talk a bit about transfers and recalls and stuff like that, but. Focusing on the game itself, I mean, Gurley, me and you were chatting before, beforehand saying just felt like we were going to win. Just And same, I was like, I didn't think we were going to lose. I thought we were going to put on a show, and we did.
2: Yeah,
4: I mean, when you look at this United team, you see the names, but you see the way they've played, uh, the kind of mess that the club has been in pretty much ever since uh, Sir Alex left. This isn't the same club that we grew up watching back in the '90s, and when you think about how we've played against them since we got promoted back to the Premier League, yeah, you always fancy us. Uh, you know, the, I, I can't call out a game where I think United have genuinely been the better side. Um, it was notorious for being very low-scoring um, and tight and, and pretty turgid. Like last season at Old Trafford was a pretty dreadful game for the neutral, um, but. I'm glad we took the approach that we did, started the front three with Trinkau and Pedence, um, and, and really took the game to them because that's that's what it required.
3: Yeah, and I mean, first half in particular, it felt like how we played against them um, in the initial fixture early in the season by how we went out, you know, organs and Blake.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was fantastic to see, you know. Um, I think that was really a game where we needed to be there because while Manchester United have a bunch of great players, they're not really a team, are they? So I think the game, like you guys said, was really there for the taking and we take full, we took full advantage of that.
3: Yeah. um, I was going to say starting, I guess, first half wise, we got plenty of shots off. Um, I guess I want to sort of pick on a couple of players in the first half, the sort of overall general thoughts. And I guess we'll, we'll go one good, one bad, um, but we mentioned sort of starting with front three um, and Daniel Podence seemed to, you know, turn it on once again, um, similar to how he did against Chelsea before the, before the breaking really put in a good performance, but then Trincao on the other side and even Jimenez looked quite anonymous. I mean, what did you guys sort of think of the overall display of the front three, particularly in the first half? Because that's when we had our real kind of sense of urgency.
0: I think we were really, really on it in terms of as a team from the word go from an attacking perspective, which I think I was a bit surprised at how we weren't doing our usual defending deep, that's often happened in various away games this season. Um I think I was looking at the stats um that Actually I can't take credit my friend did tell me about this stat that the fifteen efforts that we had chopped on target in the first half is the most since records began at Old Trafford.
3: Wow.
0: So you were obviously doing something right. However, if you actually look watch the game Croatious aren't they. Um and I think you're right, Rich, to be honest. Jimenez um and Trincao were a bit; they weren't really in the game. Whereas Pedence, I thought he, especially first half, he was really, really getting in between the lines, getting his shots off. Um, I was, I thought he he looked kind of back to his best again, and and was probably unlucky not to, you know, get get something, get a return, get an assist or, or a goal. I think.
3: Yeah.
2: Come um, like right. I'm a bit worried with with Jimenez, in fact, and. It just sort of seems like he's been missing in action for the past few games. And it's just it's something that really worries me that we're just never really going to get him back the way he used to be. And granted, he can still be a great footballer. We saw that at Southampton and a few other games this season. But I really am just worried that that Jimenez may not be the answer that we need up front.
3: That's that's a, gonna be a tricky one, I guess, kind of going forward and it, it's probably one of the reasons why Bruno Large is sort of very much saying, I want us to get another striker, I want us to have yeah. another option because he he's played most games this season, he's played most minutes this season, and the someone who is finding his feet back. I, I completely get where you're coming from. The my my heart very much overrules my head when it comes to Jimenez. Um it, in terms of you know, wanting to see him play. But there, I guess there is a reality um, at some point, especially with Fabio Silva's uh, cameo, which we'll kind of t- touch on to in a bit. But, I mean, I, we I've talked about forwards and it was a bit, you know, good and bad. Gully, I'm going to pass it over to you to Wax Lyrical about wing backs and the centre midfield because I feel like you'll have a lot to say on them. Um, because, again, We've watched we've watched Nevers enough times over the last three years to feel that they don't work. But it, it's a different story now. And Saturday, Monday's game was something else in the middle of the park
4: for them too. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like with with every passing week, we we look back at the Nuno tenure with a little bit more like, hmm, were we really getting the best out of these players? Um, to a certain extent, especially with the whole idea that Neves and Moutinho, you know, and it was quite widespread that there was a view that Neves and Moutinho couldn't operate together. Um, I remember uh, we were talking, I think we did a live on transfer deadline day and um, someone posed the question of whether we'd, who we'd swap uh, West Ham's midfield for. Would, would we take any of their players and stuff? And, yeah. you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but, and I know West Ham are playing well this season, but, if you said to David Moyes, you held a gun to his head and said, you're losing your job tomorrow unless you swap Neves and Moutinho for Rice and Socek, I think he would take that that trade Firstly, I, I, yeah. I honestly believe that. Um, you know, so and, and I mean, we were down in Brighton and we were in a pub with some Brighton fans, you know, another team that are going pretty well and they looked at us and they said, you know, with your squad, you've got a really, really good Good team, you know that they they think individually that you know a lot of teams can't hold a candle to us. And the way they're being utilised is another question, and the way that we're getting the best out of all of our talent is another question. Especially like we just mentioned with like of so Jimenez, not necessarily playing to their levels at the moment. Individually, like the talent, as we saw, as I'd say we've we've shown every time we played Man United, you know, Neves, Paul Popper wasn't playing. This week, but Neves shits on Paul Pogba every time he comes up against him. He's he's just an absolute Rolls Royce. Matino yesterday was oh, mate the guy the guy was just on another level to anybody on the pitch. Totally, even Marcel looked like a really good wing back yesterday, Um putting some really lovely crosses in. And I've not been his biggest fan this season. Um, so just to see that you know it, it's it's always a good reminder, especially during a transfer window, that you know what we're actually all right. We're actually a pretty good team. We've actually got some good players and the fans need to kind of be reminded of that every now and then.
0: Yeah. I think, do you know what the funny thing is? That Martinho didn't look his age. He was running around like, such a good performance. And then you just saw Ronaldo who at one point felt like he couldn't even get, he couldn't even outpace Connor Cody. And I just thought, wow, like, it's he's well, we won't go into that one. <laughs> but, but,
4: yeah. We will. Goody. We will today.
3: So. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I won't I necessarily won't talk about Man United too much, but I'm pretty sure yesterday, Goody, you described Ronaldo as being the eighth best Portuguese player on the pitch yesterday.
4: Uh, that well, wasn't me, but I wholeheartedly agreed with it. Was it not you? I uh, yeah, wholeheartedly agreed with it. He was a shadow of any of the Portuguese internationals that were on show. Let's just put it that way. And one of them doesn't even have a cap for his national team, Jose yeah. Sarr. So I mean,
3: they like say all, all of the all the performers, um, you know, all, all the Wolves players kind of held accountable, especially the back line throughout. Um I mean, it it feels like we're week in, week out, we're saying Cody's had a strong game yet again. Martinho's had a strong game yet again. Kilman, you know, just he logs down. Cristiano Ronaldo, that is not something that many centre-halves get to say. Even this season, despite his 47 goals in 2021. <laughs> <That's> um, <sick. laughs> um, you know, he's still got goals this season for Man United. And, he, and is that just the way Wolves kind of handled it? Uh, you know, we, we talked to Marcel. I thought Samedo was fantastic yet again. And, you know, we there's some absolute BS transfer rumours about Matt Doherty coming back to Wolves. I feel like I shouldn't have said that absolute because I know what's going to happen now. But, you know, we, we kind of, it almost drags back that conversation about comparing Samedo and Doherty and a year and a half in. And it's light and day. Which one I think you'd have... Have it with club and which one brings you know, I wouldn't want to put Matt Doherty in the after the 18 months he's had back in this team when you look at the, the work all the work Somado's doing, but as Samedo, much as I love
0: Tomado, isn't 30 30 odd million worth better than Doherty without going over old ground again, <laughs> like yeah. honestly, like and I get it, Somado's better than Doherty, but I'd still rather have rather us have spent that money in mean, other rare, more important areas than the team. That's just me. No goals, no assists, isn't it, Rob? Is it not, again? <sighs> I love
3: how we'll say it, hang there. <laughs> I, I know, I know gully has got words, and I'm trying to think of the I right way to
0: say
4: it. I'm not going to throw him under the bus because, uh, <laughs> you know, we all know what kind of state she ended up in yesterday. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think my state has anything to do with... Sameda versus Doherty,
2: though. We're just giving you a pass today. That's so. all. Well, I think oh, it's. This? I think it's really worth noting that we've conceded one goal from regular play and one penalty, and that was it for the entirety of last month. And I, I just think defensively, this team is probably one of, maybe the best in the league. I mean, and we'll see if this continues moving forward, but. It just seems like at the back we are absolutely stacked and no one is getting biased um so i i can't fault any of that back five and you know as much as i like doherty i just don't see a place for him right now i mean we've sort of got eight nori and i kind of like eight nori but i feel like when he transitions into the attack it's just not quite there um whereas with marshall it feels like he's much more comfortable whether it be at the back or at the front. But I just feel like every single person in that back five has really proved themselves beyond reasonable doubt that they're just superb.
4: I think Um, Blake, the point you made there about defensively has probably been, that if you look at the other teams that have great defensive records in this league, they probably all dominate the ball within every single game that they play. So, if they didn't necessarily enjoy that much possession, they probably would have defensive records that might look a little bit similar to ours. But for a team that doesn't necessarily go out and have 60% of the ball every single week, we're more like 50 50, really. Our defensive record, it's, it's its ridiculous. And, you know, Tony Roberts tweeted yesterday, I said to him, zero set piece goals conceded at the halfway point of the season. That's just. I, I, Someone needs to go and reach out to Opta and find out if that's a record, because I can't imagine we're far off it if we are.
3: Yeah,
0: it, it, it's incredible, and that is crazy. It's crazy, and what? How? What can we? We can't even improve defensively. I don't think there's anything that we could improve on. No, and we don't like it's near enough. Like isn't it? Every single week, defensively, yeah.
3: and it doesn't even feel like I get expanding from your point, Gully, about other teams who, I guess, set up in a more of a possession-based side we don't from from my perception anyway I'd, I'd be interested to sort of know opposition's viewpoints we don't seem like we're a naturally defensive side it's not like with burnley where you know if uh, oh, this season you know a few years gone by if they've kind of got a you know low goals against record you go oh well they're burnley they're sticking you know two banks of four, edge of the box kind of stuff. And it doesn't even really feel like that. We're, we're defending a bit deep, but it's not like we're... It just feels just normal. Um, I, You know, I, so I'd be interested to sort of see how different teams perceive us. And I think there'd probably be different viewpoints depending on, you know, whether you're a Chelsea fan or a Brighton fan or...
4: It, um, it depends on how those games go yeah. against those teams ultimately, doesn't it? People only see... Opposition really for two games a season, um, yeah. and, and whatever impacts they have on you is is what you kind of carry with you.
3: Um, There's not a lot of media narrative around Wolves in that regard either, I guess. No, Which I think and, does sway it.
4: No, and we, we we are a we're a boring news item to a certain extent yeah. now, aren't we? So people will attach that to us in terms of our playing style, and they look at the goals against column, they look at the goals for column. You know, they're low numbers. So mm. watching Wolves games is going to be potentially boring because there's not going to be a lot of goals. And that's what people, yeah. you know, but that's the currency of football these days, isn't it? Um, but it's
0: great to be boring, isn't it? Not conceding any goals.
4: You've always been yeah. with a chance of winning when, game, you, you know? when you
0: When you're seventh in the league, you can't exact, as a Wolves fan, you can't complain. <laughs> haven't so. we got the,
4: haven't we got
3: like... Uh, is it like two points a goal or something like that? We've got like a,
0: the new uh, stat
4: they came out with yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? I haven't seen it, that one before.
3: I do love it with like, just a completely like random one like that. Because, from like, I guess a pure statistics point of view, that is the most efficient you can be, isn't it?
4: And we're the most it. efficient team in Premier League history, yeah. according yeah. to that. So,
3: yeah, yeah, let's keep it up. Second yeah. half of the season, jobs are good. But um, going into second half, um. Just because I want to talk about the goal, to be honest, guys. Um, Noon, uh, I was going to say, Bruno did something that I think we've all been a bit critical of. And he made a change relatively early. And he brought Traore on a lot earlier than he usually does. And that felt like he did it at a point where the game was starting to lose control. We struggled after a break. And it ju- Traore just gave them this panic um, that... I think if we'd have left it another 10, 15 minutes, I don't know quite how the game would have gone. How did did you see um, see the sub, Blake?
2: I I don't necessarily know if I'd say the game was going, but it was certainly much more balanced. Um, We certainly let Man United back into the game a bit more. Granted, it still didn't look like they were getting anything short of easy. Granted, they hit the bar once, and they probably should have scored from that. But all of that being said, yeah, it was great that, that... Bruno did bring on Traore when he did because I think that it was the right time I think we've kind of all been saying this and granted you know we're not the managers for a reason but yeah I, I just I think Bruno really played it perfectly
3: yeah and, and Gully when he did when Traore got the ball on the halfway line and started streaking forward at what point did you kind of think yeah Mat's is going to get a yellow card here for chopping him down
4: it, it happened later than I thought it would, to be honest, because he almost got into yeah. the penalty area. Um, and, yeah, he saw sort of throws frustration at that point because people have got to get out of jail free card against him now if you're not on a yellow already. It's just an easy out where you can just hack him down. And people who want to throw you know shade at him seem to forget that he's basically the most targeted player in the Premier League when it comes to fouling him. Um, and, you know... Look, he's he's had an impact on us winning the game. Bottom line, and the week, that's all you can ask for. With regards to the timing of the subs, I always think I, I imagine there's a plan to bring him on at some point. Pretty much, in every, if he's on the bench, you're going to use him at some point. So I just don't understand why you would only give him say ten minutes at the end of the game. Like mm. if you're all if you're going to bring him on, let him have some time to have an impact. It's not like it's an if but or maybe that you might play him. Because let's be fair. The likelihood of Pedence, Raul, or Trincao lasting the 90 minutes between yeah, the three of happen. them. It yeah. ain't going to happen. So you'd rather do it earlier and let him build himself into the game, let him, you know, get in, get get his levels going and get his blood flowing, and then he can, he can actually do something with it. And that's what he showed.
0: He needs at least half an hour, doesn't he? I just think it's really unfair. Like you said, Gully, like yeah. you can't just bring Every him up really. yeah. for the last, well, yeah, but for the last 10 minutes, and then it's like, Get the ball to, to Traore and like everyone freaks out when he doesn't take on the man, or you know makes the wrong de- decision, and then it's like then by that time the game's over. Whereas at least half an hour gives him chance to do something stupid, and then redeem himself. Um,
4: you only got to look at the yeah. way uh, Marcus Rashford performed when he came off the bench yeah. yesterday to see how hard it is to be a substitute. He's, I mean, hor- he's been worse.
0: horrendous, though, has not he?
4: It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Like to come on and actually be a detriment to your team like that is like wow. Um, <laughs> Yannick,
3: Yannick sagbo esque.
4: Yeah, it it was memorable. Sagbo was bad, but he wasn't memorably bad. From what I, <laughs> I, I couldn't even call it to tell you. No. It get... Like, yeah. Like I oh, will. That that Rashford performance will stay with me for a little bit. I think because I'm like I was gonna shit. say. In-
3: contrasting yet again to Fabio Silva who put in what was potentially the greatest 15, well he came in on the 81st minute the greatest 10 15 minutes of his, his Wolves career, I don't know what he got for Christmas but I want some of it because he he played like the player we all think he could be um, yeah. uh, you know, I, it, it leads us nicely onto the goal which I think it was a fantastic team goal and i I love how the the way it kind of all maneuvered was like a a fantastic like football system and like clearly like pieced together in terms of how you want to play with if you interchange for the forward back into um you know back to neves to try already ball into the box you know hopefully you score from that position if not then you get someone on the second ball but pretty much within that team goal, essentially, all the individual parts were fantastic. You look at Silver's, you know, Silver's hold at play, the Neves, the Neves pass, you know, the Rose cross. Right, it, it got headed away, but it was a challenging cross for me. Like it, it wasn't an easiest one to defend, and then the, and then Martino's finish, you know. It was a fantastic collective goal, as well as full of fantastic individual components.
0: What was quite funny about it is, at the time, I thought it was a bit of a scruffy goal. Well, <laughs> like, like the finish, I didn't. Th- I thought like maybe the goal should have added and all that. But then, obviously, looking back on it today, and as you say, Rich, like the ball from Neves is just like he makes that kind of pass look so easy when it wasn't. It wasn't an easy pass to make. Um, And then I can't describe to you how I felt when that ball went in the net. Honestly, (laughs) it's
4: gone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a lot of pain, wasn't you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of pain. Well, not at the time. This morning, bruises all down my legs. But (laughs) it was so worth it. Like, I just couldn't believe it It went in.
3: What did you say before recording? You went up three sets of seats rather than down foot.
0: Yeah, I think, Wow, well, I've been told I went back, like, back. and so You think you'd fall, wouldn't you, like, forward? But no, apparently, like, I ended up on the row behind.
4: Anti-gravity celebrations.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they say, Blake, Blake, Gilly, what were your thoughts on uh, on the goal?
2: The thing I always question isn't drilled into every single footballer's mind is low and hard this seems to me the most simple concept ever for shots outside the box no one seems to does it do it and i just don't (laughs) get it it's like you look granted his shot was kind of scruffy but it was a low hard shot placed well even if a manchester united player gets a foot to it it's like well that creates some pinball at the very least. It might go to to Jimenez or who, I'm sorry, Jimenez was on. So whoever, Fabio, uh, you, you just don't know what's going to happen with it. And I just see, you know, no offense to Neves, but how many times do we see him take a shot from outside the box and it ends up in Rosette and it's just a goal kick. Nothing comes from it. Whereas with a whole low, hard shot, it's going to go in. It's going to create pinball. Something's going to happen. You don't necessarily know what. And I just think that was the perfect sort of example of what a low, hard, well-hit shot can do for you. It's very, that, is, it's you it's such
0: a, that is such a good point, though. Our shooting from outside the box is generally horrendous. It's either horrendous or they're just flying, not very often. And it's just like, what are we... I mean, without going on a rant, why on earth... Are we not practicing shots from outside the box? Because honestly, I feel like the whole team's pretty terrible most of the time. Um I
4: assume they are practicing it. I wouldn't say <laughs> they're not. They're just you know, it's like he heat, heat in the battle, isn't it? It's like, you know, you practice penalties, you know, till the day you die and then you'll miss one in the middle of a proper like pressurised moment. It's yeah,
0: it's but not they're not just like works, No, but they're not just like just pass a post, they're like literally nowhere near. Some of those shots when I was watching you that saw you saw Nevis like, smack,
4: pull that save out of De Gea, you saw, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 and that would have Jesus. been a worldy goal, that would have been yeah. a worldy goal. But what I'm saying is that, like, how many on target shots do we get from outside the box in a game? Almost
2: none, almost
4: none. It's that's
0: my point. But
4: not that tell you that it's actually quite difficult? Like, it, if you look at Matinho's <laughs> goals for us, they're all. They're all very precise. If you look at, it. Like, I remember the, the one he scored at Old Trafford mm. before. That's still my favourite out of the lot, I think, because it was on his weaker yeah. foot. Um, the free kick at Bournemouth, um, where he was out on the touchline and he whipped it into the top corner. Yeah. That was unreal. It's just there's something about him. He's got his precision to his game that he doesn't shoot often. When all he does, the he time. makes it. He makes it. But he, he makes it. No, he makes no, it count no. when he, when, needs he to.
0: when he shoots. Often, he's still like nowhere near though. And that's not a, critici- not, it's not a criticism because I know it was a worldly goal and we're getting off the point. But I do think we need to improve our shooting because it's, we score a lot more goals.
4: I'll be more, worried about, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be more worried about our forwards not getting on the score sheet. That's my biggest problem, I think, at the moment. Because our forwards are there to be doing that. Martino isn't necessarily that kind of player. But you made it count yesterday.
3: I was going to say, what I would say is I do agree with you, and. Wanting strikers to score, but the thing I enjoyed about the goal was actually Martino getting in that position as well. Because like, if he doesn't have the confidence or the, you know, the, the role in the team more than anything else, like same Matino sorry, same Martino doesn't have confidence. Like the most, of well, the most accomplished players in like European football but in the last this this is. just so-
4: a- to the fact though, that and this is my f- my favorite part about this whole you know podcast, Man United are terrible. Yeah, they are, they give you the confidence mm. to go out and say, you know what, I'm probably gonna make a run forward here because I ain't that worried about what's going on behind me. But line. you know, they might have Ooh. the greatest player in the history of football. Piss off. Um, Messi doesn't but,
0: play
3: from he plays.
4: You're right, you're right, sorry, my mistake. Um, The
0: best player who can't even run.
4: But they're they're just a muddled mess and it's it's incredibly enjoyable to watch this kind of, you know, I I don't know how to describe it, it's just a a mishmash of superstars trying to work their way out against a team who have a proper plan. And we saw Bruno in his post-match interview literally just lay down in front of everyone. This is how we did it. Thank you very much, and good night. And that's it. And then you're like, come on, mate. He's, he literally told the world how he just, you know, there's your blueprint, guys. Just just follow yeah. it.
3: But you're completely right. That, right, Martino gets the ball. He takes a touch, doesn't he? So if he shoots and gets blocked by the defenders, it's going to roll out to a midfield two of Matic and McTominay, who aren't going to get that ball for. You know, you're completely right. He's not going to worry about what's behind him. As you need to, and it's not even a team of superstars anymore, isn't
4: it? Yeah, they got Ronaldo, but if they just look weathered. There's look- a reason why we played the way we did against Liverpool, Man City, yeah. and Chelsea, and there's a reason why we played the way we did against Man United, and that's all you need to understand about the whole situation.
3: The game didn't happen, but just scale-wise, like my continuum of I guess attack-minded wolves to Defensive minded wall, so we've got like Man City right at the far end, and then Liverpool, then Chelsea, and Man News over here. I'm doing this. Sorry for for people who are listening on the podcast. I'm trying to do my hands within this screen on the show, like completely losing them.
4: Where would you put Arsenal? How theoretically, Arsenal, under the team that I think play? we play well against every you know, every single time we play, yeah. I think we, we do. You think, we, but do you think we play
3: we, on the counter against them, or do you think we try and take the game to them? I think we try and keep the ball. That's what I think.
4: I think mm. we would. We would. Um,
0: but uh, but Arsenal look a little bit more energetic than United, don't they? At least they look like. You know they've got a bit, of, a bit more flair. Actually, they do. When... but
4: I still think they're easy to play through if if you do attack them.
0: Mm. And
4: I feel like again, going back to the point, we've got enough talent in the team to go and do that. I I, I I'd put Neves and Moutinho as a midfielder against anyone, really. Like, just look mm. at them. It's gorgeous
3: i say that the last thing that last part of the actual game itself I want to cover is in the last minute. Um, Jose Sal save um, against what? What I, for initially I thought it was going to be a Cristiano Ronaldo with like a thirty meter run up, and
0: he can't take three kicks. He's Oakland. No, he can't do it.
3: No, and it was genuinely good. He'd given it to <laughs> yeah um, Fernandes, um, but the set. You know, again, it's sort of just. I wasn't stressed. I don't know about you, Goody. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, anyways, I got a bit
4: really, because but... it was Bruno um, and I've, I've seen him, you know, stick on top corner, but I felt sorry for Fabio, by the way, at that point because he thought, you know, he's done so yeah. well and then he's going to be the scapegoat sky- if, if he'll score off this. I don't think that was a good
0: foul, good. though. Have you seen have you seen the photos after? He literally, like, who was it? Was it Matic? who like Phil Jones. Uh, Phil Jones. Phil Jones, who literally his head down so i don't think it was a high foot personally
4: if he could have gone uh, i think it's mike dean he likes the drama doesn't he
0: mm.
3: yeah it did very much end it on sort of this dramatic note but i, I, I trusted sar i didn't i, I didn't get those same nerves that i've had previously um i mean i talking, was nervy you yeah i was gonna I say worry. it's I
0: just was.
2: it's it, you know, especially after Liverpool, I just thought, "Oh, here we go again. Oh, we're just going to concede the uh, ninety, another ninety pluser, and it's just going to go all to waste." But sure enough, as you said, Jose saw yeah. he's the man.
3: Um, in terms of my other match guys, I mean, uh, I've pulled up the graphic from who scored. Um, I mean, j- uh, two reasons: a, because it just get, puts a bit of a value to the players um, in terms of their performances. Pardon me, but it also, <coughs> I'm cracky. Um, but it also has Man United's formation as well, which is a four-two-two-two. <laughs> bonkers, bonkers. But anyway, Goody, Who would you give man of match to? They gave it to Moutinho. Um, Who else was sort of stand out for yourself?
4: Never um, six point eight. Who the Who the fuck is watching these games? Like oh, Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I, I. It would have been between. I'll pick out three, to be fair, because I don't think the defence was overly works. Um, I think Semedo was class. I think Matinho was unbelievable. I thought Pedence was just unreal, and I think he's on the way to becoming our best attacker at the moment. Um, so maybe for, for that on that basis, like Andy Hinchcliffe gave, give it to Pedence.
2: I think there's a few candidates in there, isn't there? Um I think I'll go with Podence as well, just because I think it's really brilliant to see him back and playing well, especially after catching COVID and, and stuff that he's been through. And, you know, it would be really nice if we could just have him there as a solid sort of winger, because we've sort of, as I, I, we've kind of talked before about how we don't really necessarily have anyone who's really cemented on those wings. And it'd be really nice if Podence could step up and really fill that role for us.
0: Mm, who am I going for? I'd say pretty much the same as you guys, really. I think Pudence obviously had a great game, but I can't, I just can't look past Matinio just because he produced that moment of magic, and obviously his all around performance was just pretty insane. So, yeah, I guess yeah, Matinio Neves had a great game. I think Cody's a bit unlucky to have uh, such a lower a low rating, um, but yeah.
4: Can I just say as well, like anybody who went to go and jump on the watching Ronaldo live bandwagon, I hope you've been rightfully kind of wronged with it, whatever opinion you might have had because it's just not, he's just an, oh, he leaves me cold. Like he just, there's nothing to enjoy about him at all. Oh, yeah, he might score a goal here or there, but there's not nothing to enjoy about his football. Like, so. did you,
0: did, did people actually do that?
4: People were what talking about it, it to... as if it was like I like oh it might, it might you know what if he gets suspended he was on he's on a yellow card or something like that in his last game um, and he might have been suspended if you pick one up and things and it's like oh I'll never get to see Ronaldo live, all this kind of shit and it's just like I mean I, I appreciate you do want to watch in theory the best players in the world you know being part of the Premier League is the, the appeal is there for that you do we are watching the best players in the world every week but him come on not him.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. It's maybe, I reckon that's why Dan went, just to watch Ronaldo.
4: No, I, 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 I'll, I'll cut down, <laughs> down a bit of slack and I'm, I'm happy for him to jump, jump on me in the, in the WhatsApp group, but um, I'll cut down some slack. He is a proper Wolves fan and uh, I'm sure he had nothing to do with it. You just did a silent Sue then on, on YouTube. I was
0: going to say, Richard. Richard
4: lost you. You've gone (laughs) totally. I was gonna
3: say, I did it silently. Yeah,
4: um, which is the you've gone on mute now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mine might decide to completely mute myself twice, then, which was which was definitely impressive. But yeah, Dan was definitely doing the Ronaldo celebrations. Let's be honest, whether he was doing it, whether he was doing it ironically or unironically, will. We'll leave it there for him to decide. Um, but yeah, uh, again, I was going to say, I do kind of get it around Ronaldo because you say he is one of the greatest footballers of all time. But I mean, me, me and you, Gully, very much sorry. We, I don't want to do a Messi versus Ronaldo chat. Um, it's just, but it's just he,
4: the fact that, and again, I, I don't disagree that he's one of the best players of all time. He's also one of the most underwhelming watches yeah. As well, you want to you want to watch ninety minutes of football. Don't go and watch Ronaldo because you're not going to get ninety minutes out of him. You're just not. Yeah,
0: no. and the point was he was one of the best players in the world, but now he's definitely coming to the end.
4: He's, he only cares so about his not own nice legacy. He, he's just interested in his own legacy, and that's all he's here for. Despite his forty-seven goals in the calendar.
3: We can't remember that. I think I, I kind of go by the Marie Kondo line. Does he spark joy when I watch him play? No, he doesn't. No, I don't. So, you know, like my uh, like my messy drawer, he can get tidied away for all I care. But I think that's probably a good point before I bring up any other sort of cleaning gurus um, to go to an ad break. And then we'll be back after this to talk a little bit about African Cup nations, a little bit about uh, total recalls, and to do a bit of Twitter Corner. So we'll be back right after this hi it's richard from Wolfs fancast here just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors pixel yetting media they are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design logo and branding design and marketing if you have any marketing needs get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right they are over at pixel Now, let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Um, As I mentioned before break, um, the two kind of points, I guess, align with one another to a degree. But I want to start with Roman Sace, who's now departed off to um, play in the African Cup of Nations for Morocco. Um. He was someone, I guess, at the start of the season and end of last season, who I kind of could see potentially moving on. But over the course of the first half of the season, he's become such an integral player into his into his side. Goody, how big a miss do you think he'll be for us over the next sort of month or so? Well,
4: we've just lost our best free kick taker, haven't we, for the next month?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we talk, talk, well, talked gone.
4: about Troy doing that run. Uh, we didn't. I didn't even talk
3: about our left centre half smashing the crossbar, did we? Yeah,
4: everyone was probably dreading him just lining that up. But that was that was a lovely little deft effort, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, when you think about the fact that we haven't changed our back three since the opening day of the season, you know, that's uh, that's probably unheard of in itself as well. Um, he's so important to the way that we play, um, especially in possession. You know, when it comes to playing out from the back, we do it a hell of a lot more now than we used to under Nuno. And it basically comes through him. You know, People always used to talk about Connor Cody, spreading those passes um, out to the wing-backs and stuff. But Sace is the one that really breaks the lines with his passes, finds the forwards, um, has that extra bit of um, precision, I think. Um, and I think that's what we're going to miss most. Um, but he's also proven to be... A perfectly competent premier league defender um who has a slightly rash side which i kind of like <laughs> you know we we need that we're going to miss a bit of shit has real though marcel does a fairly good job of um providing it as well and uh, maybe he's going to be the left-sided side center half going forward but yeah i think he's he's leaving us in a very good position though and i think that's what bruno was most worried about um that we didn't have plenty of points on the board at the point that Afcon came round, and uh, he's done a great job until this point
0: yeah, I, I think, think what's the most in, interesting thing about this is he's quite he's probably our most underrated defender, would you say this season? It feels like actually yeah. Cody and um, Kilman have been getting all the plaudits, and Sace has just been ticking along nicely, not doing anything spectacular, maybe not as not putting as many um, sort of man of the match performances as the other two, but I think yeah, I think he's you know. He's quite underrated. He's a left-footed centre back. He's just—I oh, think we'll miss him. And I think he does the simple things well. And he'll—he'll—he'll. He'll, he'll, yeah, I think he'll probably be missed. I think. I think the issue is we haven't really got a replacement. Who's actually going to play there? Is it going to be Marcel? Is it going to be Dendonka? Bolly maybe? No, he's not going well,
3: to. I was the... going to say Bolly's. Um, not being. I was going to say whether he's not being called up, slash he's pulled out via injury.
4: It would be quite funny if he was claimed injured and then we started him on Sunday or something. Like, that, that that would be. He's amazing. not fit enough to fly over to Cameroon, but uh, no, he's but fine. he's fit enough, he's
3: enough to, to uh, play. Yeah, to to play against <laughs> yeah. Sheffield United. Um, I mean that that sort of brings us nicely on. Um, to to what you said, Kim, in terms of who's going to play there. Because Wolves over the, I guess, over the weekend um, have recalled uh, Ryan Giles and Dion Sanderson from their loan spells at Cardiff and Birmingham, uh, respectively. Um, uh, Part of me is a little bit frustrated, to be honest, um, just because they both had really solid loan spells, particularly Giles, joint amount of assists, um, so far in the championship for a not particularly good Cardiff side. Um, so you can't kind of hope that they get minutes and whether they potentially go back out on loan towards the end of the month if we get more players in. Um, I just want to make sure, I, I you know, for me, it's like on a player perspective, but both of those players are back at the club, back in contention. Um, do you see either of those two making a big impact uh, in the, I guess, the squad slash starting eleven. Blake?
2: Personally not. Now, that's not to say that they won't have their fair share of appearances, but personally, I haven't seen anything from them that makes me think, oh, yeah, these guys are definitely ready for the Premier League and they're just going to come in and smash things up and... I just haven't seen anything like that. Now, granted, we have some issues, don't get me wrong. And I think there there could be some real utility to having these guys back. And I think that, that they could really serve their purpose. But do I really think that they're going to make a lasting impression? Not not particularly, to be honest. Well, I, I feel about- pretty
0: sorry, for, sorry yeah. for them, actually. I think... They would have, for their own careers, they needed to just, you know, I think they're both having decent seasons and they're playing at a decent level, um, you know, and getting regular games. And it's just a shame, isn't it, that they're now being hauled back. And like Blake said, you can't, they're not really going to play many games, are they? Like maybe, will they play in like the Cook games, maybe? Or, just, or are they literally just going to be sitting on the bench every week, like Morgan Gibbs-White was, and it just really... Really hadn't helped his career, and like, I'm just glad that we ha- we're not going to recall Gibbs White. It looks like because I think that would be a, a big mistake if we did that.
4: I think that goes to show that the the kind of the levels that we we, we see in the three of them. If you talk about Gibbs White, Sanderson, and Giles, mm-hmm. so you can look at it two ways. I guess Sanderson and Giles have probably proven themselves At the championship level. Now you could say to a certain degree. Yeah, I think we can say it for both of them. Yeah, that, you know, it's that's probably the level they'll play at regardless of what happens over the next six months towards the end of the season. So if they're now to try and make this step up, keeping keep them at walls and saying to them, OK, look, you've done your bit in the championship. Whatever happens, that's your level. Like, You're not going to fall below that. So now is your chance to prove if you're good enough the Premier League. The difference with Gibbs White is that I think they they know that he's good enough for the Premier League, but they need him to go out and play minutes to actually get him ready for the step up next season, which they probably see him as part of the squad next season. Whereas with Giles and Sanderson, the, they've dangled the carrot a little bit now and said, look, you're going to have the rest of the season show us your worth and you know what? It could be a masterstroke if they went and stepped up now because I think with Sanderson, especially, the one thing that we do lack at the back, um, you know, whether we we agree or not, is pace, and mm. it it just adds a different dimension to that back line. He's quick. He's very, very quick. Um, I remember we there was that game at uh, Villa in the Carabao Cup where we played all the kids. You played right wing back that day, and you reminded me a lot of when like Herver came in. Where he wasn't that great on the ball, but getting up and down the line, he was absolutely lightning. And if you add that to the back line, the three-centre arts, you can play five yards further up the pitch. You know, And I think he's ready to to kind of have a chance at least.
3: Yeah, I think with, with both of them, to be fair, and one of the, I guess, joys of playing with a back three-slash-five is you have that extra cover. And, you know, if we assume that, let, let's say um maybe against Southampton. If, if we exclude the Cup for, for for now against Sheffield United, the you know whether it's Marcel plays left centre half, um and you know, whether it's you no, know, let's say eight Norway's not fit so Giles has to play, you've got good cover there for him. If Sanderson comes in uh you know on the other side let's say just make it easier he's got Connor code next to him he's got Samado next to him and it's a lot of security in that for an inexperienced player that level for me and I've got to be honest with either of them I've got no real concerns just because this team seems to be so well drilled it will just be a question of whether they can I guess implement themselves in the system
4: um but that's the thing though isn't it, it would, they're not coming into a team that's under pressure really and if you're throwing him into a pressurized environment, you can understand where there's a there's a risk attached to that. We're in a pretty low risk position. You know, we've got twenty eight points at this stage of the season, we continue on that rate, we finish finish on fifty six. I think the best season under Nuno is fifty seven. Um so you take you'd have taken that at the start of the season, bottom line, yeah. you know, we're playing fine. So if you drop three or four points between now and the end of the season on that, is it that much of an issue? for the sake of someone potentially having a career at Wolves. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think it's I think it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I did do a quick poll on Twitter earlier to see who we thought would get more minutes. Um and Dion Sanderson won sort of 75 to 25% Ryan Giles. So I think people are expecting Sanderson to play more than Ryan Giles um over the next sort of few months at Wolves. Um, but I think very much time's gonna tell with both of those. And I, I guess my last sort of thought, um, now with transfer windows open, do we think that those two players being recalled is an indication of our lack of activity in the transfer market in the next four weeks? Uh Blake?
2: More likely than not. Um now I'm not quite as doomsday this is the apocalypse oh no folks in art investing in wolves the horror as as some people certainly are but it is you know it is disappointing that we're not going to have well probably not going to have much fun in january (laughs) but that being said i mean is it the end of the world I, i i certainly don't think so i think we have a team that's granted it is thin but it's it's certainly proved itself to be good enough of of, of playing well, uh, of being a team which could compete for Europe. So I'm no matter how this plays out, I think we're going to be just fine. Um, but I do think that if we're recalling him, especially this early, then we're probably not doing any business this, this month.
0: It's not a disaster, but it's really disappointing, isn't it? Considering how well Bruno's got this team playing and they're not even his players.
2: It's... I think the thing is, Fosen have said from day one, that this is a 10 year project. They've said from, from day very one, that this is going to be a long-term thing. And while I certainly understand the frustration that, you know, we want to be competing for Europe every single season. We want to be being the best team that we could possibly be. I also don't think it makes sense to just splash the cash in January and a bunch of players that may or may not fit in the team. And then we, we come to find that they're just completely useless. And we've just wasted a bunch of money for no reason. Uh, personally, but they're doing being very that.
0: Useful. But then, no, no. But I don't think we're saying that, are we? We just need to get players to just give us an adequate squad number that just... are up to the standard. So one to two players, I, f- I would be pretty happy with that in January. Albeit, as long as they're the right players. But it just feels like we're not. We literally we are selling to buy. That is it. We haven't oh, got a penny oh. to our name.
4: Are we doing that if we're taking, you know, if that forget the fact that we're part of our club, we're taking very good championship players and supplementing our squad? That's essentially what we've done by bringing back Sanderson and Giles. That that feels okay to me. Like, you know, if we sign
0: back, other players, yeah.
4: Who who else do we need to bring in then? Because if you look at it numbers wise, with the likes of Johnny and Neto coming back, I don't see where we need to. We need a centre, centre back in the
0: centre midfield, yeah.
4: But if Jordão is a squad part of the squad now as well, again, it's it's just it doesn't. It's all a balancing act. I mean, especially I just I don't see the value in January.
2: It's it's just not there. To me, especially if Neto comes back in February, I think that's a massive improvement to this club essentially overnight. Granted, we don't know if he'll be back to his full self immediately, but I think that Neto is. If we could get Neto back, I think that's one of those key players that would really take this club to the next level.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, if I mean, we get Neto back, we should be we should be been in Troyore off and getting some money and then reinvesting that money that we get for Troyore back in the team.
4: But ultimately, if well, we,
0: my if we Neto, the episode?
4: Yeah, if we had Neto yesterday, we win that game two three nil. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, ultimately, yeah, that's what it comes mm. down to. We're lacking a little bit of cutting edge, but I think that the mad thing is and. Uh, I feel like I've observed this on a number of occasions when Wolves aren't playing, but the kind of the fan base anxiety meter just kind of seems to peak whenever we're not playing. Um, And we had two weeks without a game prior to the Man United fixture. The petrol on the fire was John Percy's article that said that we're not likely to do any business. And you've got this whole section of the fan base that are all of a sudden fosin' out, fosin' out. And it's like, like, I don't know...
0: That's a bit why, extreme, but, though, isn't it?
4: A bit. I think it's ridiculous, frankly. Like,
3: It's not like people on social media to be, you know...
4: <laughs> Again, maybe it's just the absence of a game, you know, a, a absence of something actual to talk about, but rather fill the, fill the the vacuum of information with outrage. You know, maybe that's the, the way these people operate. But i was seeing tweets like, I'd rather be back in the championship where, you know, the clubs <laughs> might actually have some ambition and stuff and like and in my head I'm thinking oh yeah I much rather watched uh watching uh George Savlin in my field compared to uh Gi that was those were much better days but the 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 people calling out the club off the back of perhaps not spending money in January yeah it's it's baffling like I, and I, I mentioned this uh, the other day, but you know Everton have already made two signings in January, and I can't wait till someone points at them and says, "Well, look, they're doing business, so obviously we should be doing business as well." Because famously, they're always brilliant in the transfer market, aren't they? Um, but you know, just to think about—and I don't—I'm I don't, not talking, you know, think about the league one days and all that kind of shit. Think about the way our squad is composed, the way. We played against Man United, and maybe we needed that performance to remind people again, but there's talent. Bruno is within his rights to say to his forwards, especially at the moment, say, you're not doing enough. Regardless of whether there's people coming in or not, they need to pick up their their performances. We have more in the locker. I think we can all see that. We've only scored 14 goals this season. That's not good enough for the talent that we've actually got available to us. That doesn't mean we have to go and sign someone to fix that. That that could be something, you know, like we work on the training field. It might be a formation change. All sorts of avenues are available to us, but everyone would rather just throw their arms up in outrage and think, say, Fosso, now you haven't got the ambition. You're not taking us where we want to go.
0: But do you think it's fair, though, that Bruno hasn't even bought in his own players, apart from I think it's Quang?
4: I think it's fair to, to say to Bruno, look, I appreciate what you're saying. If there's a deal that comes up that we are going to snap someone's hands off for, fair enough. But if that deal ain't there, then it's just not there. We shouldn't go fishing for something when you know it's not going to be value for the club, especially when we're in a safe position within the league. We're potentially on the, you know, looking good for the second half of the season with players coming back from injury, and realistically, the summer it's around the corner. We've got the opportunity to do. Business in the summer. It's not that far away, and we still. But got we've got three centre
0: midfielders, three centre midfielders currently.
4: Four. I'm counting four.
0: Who's fourth? Well, he can't discount
4: You can't discount jordao because he's there. He's part no, of the club. Oh
0: no. He's part of the club. He's there.
4: He's within to. the within the first team. First team. He only needs well
0: a never's injury, and we're in melt. Like we're in crisis. Do you know
4: what I mean? It's a crisis.
2: Yeah, is I it? think that's the thing. It's we're like when we're, that
0: happens.
2: When this, we're in so mid table, I just think uh, we have room. We have wiggle room. We have the ability to sort of just see how things play out. And there have been some very silly people who have suggested that relegation is still on the table. And granted, if the whole side gets injured, then maybe. But realistically, we're not getting anywhere close to the relegation places this year. And. To me, it would be great to do business in January, but it's one of those things where we just don't have to.
0: But for can... Bruno to play his favoured formation, of which we believe is to be four-two-two-two, two, two, then we won't. We haven't got the players to do it in his in his eyes. That's why we're still continuing to play five at the back, and we'll still continue to be quite boring until until we get some better players where we can play four at the back.
2: But we're still a good team. And we're probably we are, the yeah. best defensive team in the Premier League. So do we really want to shift away from what we have now? I'm not convinced.
3: I completely agree with all your points, which is exactly what you want to hear in a balanced argument.
0: But we are going on, yeah. off on a tandem now?
3: No, no, no. You, 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 you're all on track. I think that Goody's right in saying that, look, the players we brought in, Uh, we've recalled, we've not had to spend any money on getting to, you know, frankly accomplished, energetic, good level championship players. If someone said to you blind, um, that, you know, you get, you're getting to bring in the player with the joint, most um, amount of assists in the championship. Who's going to bolster your squad? You know? Okay, great. You don't have to pay anything for them. Fantastic. My, only sticking point and you say you look at the squad numbers the players who potentially are coming back my only sticking point is around midfield and i appreciate you can say we've technically got four with your doubt i've never seen him play and that again but i've read we, bet we haven't seen but he's, at this again he hasn't seen he's sanderson a, at this level
4: he could be player. yeah it's just a supplement. He's not there to be a first-team player, as in, like, start every week. That's not that's not what he's there for.
0: But if Neves has got a cruciate ligament...
4: You can't just sign a player every time someone gets injured. Like, that's just to that's be not risk. smart either.
0: I was going to
3: say, my other thing, and smart is the, the word I was going to allude to, is that if you put all of our first 11 the, the, the in a row and sort of said, right, Where are our best players? We've kind of already looped back at the start of the show saying how good Neves and Matino are. Who is going to want to come and be third choice? You know, how we'd all love Renato Sanchez to join Wolves, don't get me wrong, but how's that going to work? What's the selling point for him?
0: Because Joe Matino is on his last legs
3: but he isn't because we've just been talking about for like six months and I, I know, completely get but... it. The other thing I'm going to just decide to be really just devil's advocate is gully. You're right. There's rarely any value in the transfer market in January time and time has proven it, but there's going to be more value in this January transfer window. And I think there will be in the summer because of the uh, winter world cup. And with the short and spell around that players are, you know, players don't like moving just prior to a major tournament because if it goes wrong they might not get the call up so are people going to uh, are international players going to be interested in moving in summer and then if we go in a year next this time next year we'll have just played in a world cup so the, the market's going to be all out of kilter fortunately portugal might not qualify so walls
4: could be fine but you, 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 you want to sign players that are playing well,
2: bottom line. And yeah. teams who have players that are playing well just aren't going to want to sell them, are they? Yeah. Well, not just players that are playing well. I mean, take a look at Man United. I mean, how much money have they spent in the past few years? And they just don't have a team. And one of the things that Wolves really do have is a team. I mean, it feels mm. like every single player that's on that pitch, especially currently, wants to be a part of Wolverhampton Wonders. And if we're going to sign someone, I think it needs to be someone who wants to be a part of that team. If you're talking about again, Man United
4: as an example, Jesse Lingard went to West Ham um mid middle of the season last year, proper boosted them, gave him the kick that they needed to keep their form up. Yeah. You bring him into the team right now. All the questions, um, how much are you paying him? What are we gonna spend if we need to bring him in? Who it's dropped out of the team, now I know in our four positions we aren't playing well enough, so perhaps there's a spot for him there, but, you know, these are all the things that need to be considered, you know, before you actually go out. Last season, again, West Ham, probably, they had about three, they only ever had Antonio as a striker, like, for the last three or four years, so there's always, there was a need for them to actually go and do it. I don't necessarily think there's that need for the expenditure that we might yeah, but Bruno says
0: there is, the he's clearly come out and said he wants X, Y, for, and Z, for good value. These players. for good
4: value, though, it has to be good value,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. So, this is fascinating for me because I say I think there's an obvious desire for Wolves to improve. And the other thing that I kind of found interesting sort of wanted to pick up is something good he probably said about 10 minutes ago now where. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat and impl- improve this team. It doesn't necessarily have to be from spending £15 million to bring in a new player. Wolves oh, or Foson, the last two, this current manager and Nuno, they've bought they've had coaches who improve players. And they've they are, I guess, I say quote unquote proper coaches, and don't you know Bruno wants more players because I think the squad is bear and I don't think there is a strength in depth, but actually they've both shown in their tenures, you know, historically and currently, that they're improving players, whether it's five formation or them individually. And all right, I'm sceptical about Jordão. Um But actually, I've got trust in the manager that, you know what, if he gets, hopefully he plays against Sheffield United and he gets 70, 80 minutes. If he doesn't, that's when I'll have question marks because it's like well if he's not getting a game then when is he getting a game because he's not being he's not having an impact he he is you say he's fourth man on that roster and he's not getting a look and he's not you know there's no difference between him being on the, in the squad or not at that point so i think it's going to be a really interesting transfer window if we don't sign anyone i don't quite know what the reaction will be as always, it will just be depend on if Wolves have won or lost recently, won't it? because that's what usually—that's what usually drives yeah. it. Yeah, um, and then the panic button gets pressed. Yeah, and, you know, even Wang, we kind of half assuming he's going to sign permanently, but he's out until February now, and you know, a month and a half out it, 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 in a season for a lone player does sometimes make clubs a bit antsy so i think there's a lot of variables that are going to go into it um but we'll be here don't worry guys we will be here to analyze it and debate it all day long um show you a few twitter corner questions uh to round up today's show guys Let's right let's see what order should we start with we'll start from our good friend nag so noting last night was a late christmas present what was your worst Christmas present this year? <laughs> who's going to be brave enough to say it? Who, who's got so, a
2: family who listen? <laughs> first of all, um, I caught COVID, which is shit. But yeah. to give you a real answer, to give you a real answer, um, do you guys know what those Funko Pop things are? Yeah. I got one of what those. And I just think they're like these weird plastic figures but they have like black holes for eyes and i just think that they're the most creepy thing that i've ever oh, okay. seen so did a this
4: collection. person know 100%. that when they
2: bought it for you no they they, they didn't know that i didn't like them so oh,
4: okay
2: tough luck well, for them um i didn't really mind that much but it's just i i, I can't bear to even open it it's, it's just such a weird looking thing yeah
3: yeah I got an Alan Brazil autobiography.
2: Wow. That's
4: a good one. <laughs> From a father in law. Every chapter be like, started with, uh, uh, I was on the sesh one day and then this happened. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. He gives me everyone for my money, doesn't he? Alan Brazil. Gonna,
4: oh, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was
3: going to say, contrasting, yeah, I also got a um, self published book called Walks Out of Shiftnell" as well, um, in terms of. Very good presents. Just, just give that little plug as well.
4: Self-published, as in like,
3: oh, it you... was like some some, some bloke has wrote it, and like, yeah, it's not, it's not like done by like a publishers or whatever. He's done it all okay. himself. Nice. Um Yeah, so that that'll be my plug for the week.
0: Guess what mine was?
3: Not Fifty
0: Kinder surprises. No, 50. Yeah.
3: Are
0: you a fan? I take it. You're a fan. <laughs> so, yeah, I love Kinder surprises, but it's like basically it's one of my cousins who just decide they always wrap really stupid, like hilariously banterish presents. And it's just 50 Kinder surprises, but I love the chocolate. So, it was shit, but it was, I suppose, you know. Evil, what are you going to so, do with the toy
3: in sh- the middle? Of toys.
0: I don't know. I haven't. Well, the chocolates better than the toys, aren't they? I mean, they're a bit crap.
4: Yeah, I I have to say I I don't think I necessarily got any bad ones. Um, I mean, I'll put this out to the to the audience, but I generally ask for socks and and boxes every year. Um, Great, just because it's a nice time to kind of update that that part of your wardrobe. And my wife took it to the extreme and bought me a fourteen pack. boxes (laughs) Of
3: boxes <laughs> i was gonna say uh, wow
4: Literally, aggressive number that is a lot <clears throat> i mean it's not yeah. like i needed an entirely new like replacement set but 14 <laughs> that i didn't realize so i had 14 on, so
3: yeah <laughs> i mean it makes sense because it's two weeks worth
4: yeah and it's like the but french connection so it's it, not like they're low quality they're, they're pretty decent quality as well yeah, so no. yeah, yeah. Now you're all going to know what I'm wearing basically every day of the week. Oh, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I don't worry where I go too, into too much detail about what and where your wife's been buying you, but is it varied in colour? I can't imagine, you know, if it's all one colour. Yeah, color, that generally all relatively,
4: relatively dark colours, though.
3: Um, okay oh no but, okay so there's at least some like, different, variation different yeah okay right, i mean I, can,
4: I, can. I could go upstairs and grab the box for you if you I, want i but. think
3: i think we'll we'll we'll, we'll do it for sure fine, sure yeah. any other questions yeah. please just tweet we, me we, guys we, Much i, I was, was gonna say it's handlers at handlers right New right things, um yeah. for, for anyone who's interested but right let, let's get on to another question um because i'm thinking of so many different show titles after this um right uh nag also asks uh kim how's your
4: hangover <laughs>
0: I thought we were gonna skip this question.
4: No. No. The people want to know. We have a duty to I'm,
0: answer. Well, how, how can I answer this? I'm alive. That's the first positive.
4: You weren't and... you not speaking to us from from heaven or hell, wherever you end up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just battered. I'm absolutely bruised from oh, I just don't know what happened. Never all I'm saying is dry January starts today.
3: Yeah, to be fair, you, you were fairly open last week um, when you were sort of saying, I'm going to do dry January. And you're like, I'm like but you balls are playing on the third. And you're like, I'll do it from the fourth to the fourth.
0: But that's what everyone just doesn't, don't know. Like, it officially, like, normal life started again today, didn't it? Like, going back <laughs> to work, etc., cetera, et cetera, Like, there was never going to be, I never said, and never committed, can I just say, to dry January until after that game. So now I'm committing. I will be so Sunday. I'll be in the pub, but I'll be having a water.
4: Good no for you. Way.
0: Yeah, look, I've said it on on this look, show. I don't know where you watch.
4: Why don't just don't go to the pub? Just just go to the game. Honestly, ah, like
0: to, feels like social. torture.
4: will have something that
3: isn't water.
0: Like you can get maybe a blackcurrant soda. Yeah, yeah blackcurrant soda.
3: Yeah, right. Let's see what else we've got up. Um, Jason Horton. Um, I feel this is a bit like um, ever so slightly tin hat, but I don't think it's fully. Have we brought, uh, it's almost optimistic rather than tin hat, sorry, but have we brought back Charles and Sanderson to help with the homegrown um, squad quota if we sign players from overseas, which I feel... We're, we're
0: oh, I feel up. like that's a po- that's positive, actually. That's just given me a little bit of hope, seeing that yeah. question.
3: Yeah, that so is think
4: a glass-half-full like answer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Half like question,
3: he, 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 is, he is someone who's <laughs> playing like he he's playing chess, and we're just playing checkers, arguing. Oh, very good! It's like no, so
4: re- re- we can get fingers. You know. If you read, if we read if we retweet that from the, the channel, um, after just beating Man United, now everybody's going to be on a high, thinking actually, Wolves have just won, so it must be positive. And now, if we look at it this way, everybody's going to be on a high, thinking this January transfer window, we're in business. Yeah, that is how it- fickle we all are.
3: It must be it. Um, Adam MB uh, asks much more fan cast levels um, which way do you hang your loo roll?
2: I don't know what the official terminology is but towards me where yeah. it's falling down towards
0: yeah. me yeah, agree
2: I think that's I the mean, normal way comes I think... over the top like yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think yeah. any As other way, way is away from the wall any other way yeah. is yeah. completely psychopathic and I don't want to beat those people
4: yeah I, I I don't understand why even it might be an offence to do it the other way. To be honest, but I don't I might no, just flip it around tonight when I go yeah. upstairs. What again? You've always just about introduce in introduce a bit of chaos. <laughs> introduce a bit yeah. of chaos.
3: Yeah. Just keep doing it until the, until your wife notices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <be> <laughs> oh, no. no, not just your wife. Just do it in every like home-slash-bathroom you go into. Oh,
4: oh, I'm not having and... any visitors this month. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody else is going to be uh, noticing, so
3: stay away. If want. What else have we got? Um Has says has got an extra years option in our favour on his contract, and do we expect him and Martino to sign um, contract extensions before the end of the season? I mean, Martino still seems like he's got legs in the tank. I think it might just be a case of he gets another year and we see how he goes. But
0: didn't I think... didn't Jose saw comment on Matinho's Instagram and said, get this bloke, and well, probably not those words, but get this bloke a new contract, basically. So yeah. it must be, yeah. I reckon it's going to happen, isn't it?
4: Yeah. The thing is they're actually exposed in the sense that teams in Europe can actually approach him now and uh, do yeah. a free contract with them. So. Who knows? I think it's Says could go to like one of the top clubs in, in France, I reckon, barring probably PSG. Um yeah. and, and be a really good player for them. So it might be attractive to him. Um but I mean I, there's only I, really one club he
3: couldn't go to in Europe at the moment, and that's Barcelona.
4: <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if they signed him? They could do with a set <laughs> and a half, to be fair. Yeah. So it'd be brilliant.
3: Yeah, I'd just i I'd love it if Real Madrid signed him just to
4: Really bang it <laughs> Just up. play that video every every home
3: game, like <laughs> yeah. before the games, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. What else have we got? Um uh, Steve Morgan um disappointed if Sanderson doesn't go straight um, into a team right away. Kilman switching over. Um, you know, again sort of highlighting is it gonna curb their <laughs> development? Um and Gaz Roberts, as we kind of talked about earlier, um, saying who we think will replace say, in the lineup, which I don't think we actually gave a definitive answer. So um, I might think thinking our game after our next league games against Southampton. I made that up in my head. Uh, do, 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 do. But who do we think is going to start Wolves' next um, league fixture? Um, do we think it's going to be Sanderson? coming into the back line or do we think it's more likely going to be Marcel
4: um, playing there? The thing is he's kind of got options now, isn't he? Weirdly, like out of nowhere, he's like, ooh, what do I do? Um, Could play Marcel there, could play Sanderson there, could play Dendonka there. But there's not a standout
0: option, is there really? There's not a standout option. Like, Mm. is Marcel too small to play centre back?
4: There's the safe option, which you'd say is probably Marcel just because of his experience. Um, And he played there for Leon in the Champions League. So, yeah. I'd say that that's
2: a fairly safe bet. Yeah. uh, As much as I would like to see Sanderson back there, I I just don't think he's quite going to be called up immediately. Um, So,. I think it's kind of between, as you said, Martial and Den Donker. So we'll see. You don't, you don't want to shift. No,
0: because no, that's no. another. That's another change. Then isn't it? He's been playing well where he ha- where he where has been playing. Rather than switching him over, bringing in another another player, like we we're going to have to do that. So I'd rather just keep Kilman where he is and then stick Den Donker in. I suppose. Yeah.
3: I I think it's probably going to be Marcel because Bruno seems to trust him. He's got experience playing there and it's less variables. It's shifting a player who's already in the first-team squad into a position with Aitnori being able to play his natural position. It's just less changes, weather injuries, fatigue will impact that. I think time will tell, but last up, um, from our good man Adam Price with a incredibly sensible question is when you are sat down and need to fart uh, which way do you lean in order to release the aforementioned gas apparently if you lean to the left you are not to be trusted this isn't a political thing he says it's nice to end it on, you know, 80 minutes into recording for a question like this, isn't it? I'd but... lean
4: in the opposite direction to whoever is sat next to me. So if you're sat on my right, I would lean to my left and vice versa.
2: Yeah, I think that's the call. And then when you aren't, when you're on your own, it just depends on which layer you're already leaning You don't need so... to do anything really, do you? No. No. Huh.
1: Yeah.
0: And my response is girls don't fart. So <laughs> I knew are you were you... gonna
2: say that.
3: I knew <laughs> I nearly <I> <laughs> shared it with you <laughs> before I go.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm predictable.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: So predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage taught me a
4: lot. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that seems like a perfect place to end the show. Um, thank you to everyone who's listened, as always. Um, shout outs to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Make sure you go check them out dot pixelyetimedia.com. And make sure you check out the 90 Minute Football Family Network as well. We'll be back um, to preview the FA Cup game. Uh, where we will be up for the cup, and I cannot wait, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to be up for the cup yet again. Um, until next time, though, it's goodbye from Blake. See you. It's
4: goodbye from Gully. Fuck United. <laughs> goodbye
3: from Kim. <laughs> it's goodbye from Kim. Bye. And it's goodbye for me. Hope your year continues to be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a wolf
1: fan, eh? On am Wall, Steve Ball might get winning win, here for Walls, blasts in the shot!